0: Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith.
1: It's interesting.
0: So let's back up a second.
1: He played absolutely out of his mind. It made
0: no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. Here we go. We are back. Episode number 70. Hockey Talk on the Rock. Laura, Keith, coming from Salt Spring Island. Uh, It's Thursday, April 7th. And we are going to talk league stuff, but also Canucks stuff. Shocking. <laughs> um,
1: A twist of events. Here. twist of
0: events, yeah. yeah. So uh, last time we talked, it was just before Laura went to see the Canucks in person in Vancouver against St. Louis, and then they played Vegas, and then they played Vegas again. And as we speak, <laughs> they are up one nothing against the Arizona Coyotes. So, how'd the week go?
1: Well, I mean, I think in general it wasn't great, but the win against... Uh, L- 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 Vegas last night makes things a little bit happier. I, I I feel like we've known for at least the last week now that the Canucks are not going to make the playoffs. But miracles happen. Miracles could happen. I won't totally write them off, but it's looking less and less likely. Yeah. And so when I went to that game in Vancouver against the Blues, I was like, you know, they might <laughs> they might pull this one off, but they're probably gonna lose. And um. When Thomas scored that short-handed goal, I was like, yeah, they're not winning this game. But I will say this about the Canucks. It was really nice to see Pedersen score those two goals um, in that game in person. And he has been playing much better of late, which is great to see. I have, I'll come back to Pedersen in a bit here, but that was kind of my takeaway from that St. Louis game. I mean, I'm a big Ryan O'Reilly fan, so I was happy that he scored and it was fun to see him live. So that was part of the reason why I went to that game, but in general it was it was a fun game to be at they made it close at the end they didn't quite win so it was good then they played vegas the first time and uh they lost in overtime but that was game that vegas was leading at the beginning and then vancouver came back showed some fight and then did what they seem to have been doing a lot lately which is losing in ot
0: yep. i don't
1: know what the record is with boudreaux in extra time but it can't be very good um no especially lately especially lately and we'll get to boudreau in a second too (laughs) anyway but the big game was the next game which was against vegas and the canucks played really well Um, i think that was their best effort in a while i also think vegas looked really bad so it was like a combination of the two but it was fun to see them kind of put a damper on vegas's playoff hopes more than anything like that game Compared to tonight, I'm a lot more, I was like a lot more excited about watching just yeah. because this game feels like it's got no implications, but you never know, like as you said, miracles do happen, so maybe they win this one tonight, um, and Dallas loses, and they're five points out, I still, you know, have a hard time believing, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, with the first two games there, St. Louis and Vegas, Vegas won, um, it's a lot of the same story we've been talking about lately, with the slow starts killing them. Yeah, um, It was cool to see them come back to, against Vegas to go to overtime, especially with that fluke-ass goal. Off the face not off, good, like, yet. that's, like, a once in a <laughs> few years, you see that happen, yeah. and it felt good for the, like, as a fan. It happened fan. to,
1: the, like, for the Canucks yeah. and not against them. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. <laughs> it was nice to see that happen for them, yeah. even though, like, we talked about, their overtime didn't yeah. work out as we had hoped, and it just hasn't been breaking their way in overtime for a while. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, miracles happen. They're up one nothing with the Coyotes, and, uh, you know. the
1: locks playing tonight, but
0: yeah they you know they win them all they might have a chance but they have to tall order yeah
1: they basically have to be perfect from here on out and again hope for some losses for the teams that they're chasing so it's not looking great but again i feel like this canucks team like in the last 14 games or whatever i think they've won four games so they haven't been great in this stretch um by any sense of the means and i do think that you know, the beginning of the season, the Canucks, they're not as bad as the team that they played at the be- like that they were at the beginning of the season. But I also don't think they were, they are, are as good as they were immediately under Boudreaux in those first couple months. And I think that we're kind of maybe seeing more of what the Canucks actually are right now. However, I'm going to talk about something else in a second too. Um, I'm really fascinated about this summer because I feel like it's going to be a real look at what the management is thinking about the direction of this team and if they choose to you know maybe take a step back next year or if they're gonna see like move forward with the core that they have and say that they like the group i mean i i do think that demko is an elite level goalie in the league and when you have him in his prime it should be possible to build a contender around him but they do need massive reconstruction on their roster so it's going to be Very interesting to see the touches that the new management puts in place, and uh, the first thing that that starts with, which is what we're going to (laughs) do, is Boudreaux. Um, And I think for most Canucks fans, it's been assumed for a long time that he would be back for the second uh, year of his contract, which was optional. Um, And the option goes that if the Canucks don't want him to come back, then they will have to pay him something. Um, whereas if Goudreau chooses himself not to come back, then he doesn't get that money, but he would be a free agent, and I'm assuming, based off of what he's done with the Canucks, he would get hired pretty quickly. Yeah. He'll be at the top of quite a few lists. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting situation. This is what I'm going to say. I'll let you talk. I'm sorry. I'm going on a rant. Because, again, he's done such a good job with the Canucks, especially immediately after it felt like he deserved you know, a chance to run with this team. But I get it from his perspective. If the Canucks aren't willing to extend him past next season, that maybe he's going to look for some more security, basically, somewhere else. And for the Canucks' perspective, I mean, the GM did not hire the coach, which is something that uh, we know they like to do. They do.
0: They do. Um, I mean, I will say that I've listened to whoever probably, like Freeman, talking about how... When they wanted to bring in Rutherford to replace Benning, he was sick. I think he uh, maybe had COVID or whatever. He was ill at the time, and so it it delayed his coming in. But they did call him and say, like, look, we're going to replace Green, too, and, like, Boudreaux's our guy. And he gave him the thumbs up. Yeah, okay. So, at least, not from Alvin, but yeah. from from Rutherford, Rutherford he, he got a okay vote of confidence. And, and, like, I think we've talked about in the past, so Rutherford and Boudreaux have, like, a long yeah. history going way back to their own playing days. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, we talked about mainly back when Green got let go and Boudreaux first came in way, way back, <laughs> that, like, you know, they were doing so poorly, I think we just agreed that if they can get Pedersen and Besser going yeah. for the rest yeah. of the year, yeah. that's a win. Yeah, and obviously they did a lot better and gave a lot of excitement and hope to the fan yeah. base, and and Patterson's playing yeah. really really yeah. well, so I don't know how much you'd want to mess with that, and I feel like ultimately they're going to, you know, extend him a year, two years, whatever. I feel like he'll be back, because if you're not gonna bring him back, like Late you gotta have a pretty damn yeah. good backup option. But
1: maybe what they're doing too, as an organization, is looking to see who's gonna be let go here in the next couple of of weeks. I agree with you. I I think Boudreaux 100% should be back. But I think the fact that so many people are even surprised, like I know Friedman said he was genuinely surprised that they were having this conversation. To me, it's like when there's smoke, there's a bit of fire. And I I don't know. Again, I'm a pessimist, so I always think the worst. Yeah. (laughs) But...
0: Yeah, and from what Boudreaux said, like he he said he likes it in Vancouver, so... From his side of things it, it, it seems unlikely that he would want to walk away for nothing yeah but the security thing does play a factor like you say
1: i i don't think he wants to be a lame duck coach right and yeah that's the thing more than anything and also he does hold the cards in the sense that before he was out kind of out of luck like he wasn't getting hired he was getting interviews but now i think he's pretty confident he's gonna get another job so yeah. you do hold a lot more power but if this is a thing where the ownership is just trying to be cheap which is something that freaks me out a little bit as a Canucks fan and they think they're going to just be able to hire someone else up for cheaper than Boudreaux and get similar results I think again you're out to lunch and I think he deserves he deserves a shot with this group from training camp to see what he can do and I, I really hope he's back so yeah
0: That's, yeah I think we gonna put a ball on that I yeah. think yeah we'll see time will tell
1: time will tell um,
0: I'll, the only thing I'll throw in is like, we know our Queenies have had a history of trying to be cheap and all that, yeah, but yeah. ever since the Harry Rutherford, you look at how they built out that's the front true. office, yeah. and that's kind of a massive shift for From them. What like, they certainly yeah. had yeah. to bust out the checkbook to do it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe things are changing for the better a little bit in terms of the <laughs> uh, penny pinching aspect of things. So that's we'll see. Um, yeah. And then, you know, moving into the summer, I, I feel like, I don't know, it's really hard to get a gauge on what you think is going to happen you know because like going to the deadline no one saw them moving out Hamannick and, and, no, and bringing German uh, and they did that and I think everyone's overall pretty happy sounds like the team's pretty happy yeah. for whatever reason yeah. <laughs> Hamannick must not have been the greatest guy in the room I guess no it
1: sounds like he didn't fit in but yeah, yeah
0: so you never know what they can pull off like they can't do any buyouts this year because they have they can only do two at a time and Vertan and, and Holtby are on the books for <laughs> next season for the buyouts yeah. so they're kind of they gotta maneuver the roster through trades if they're gonna do anything, and it's it's tough. Like I I don't know. I waver between we're gonna see more fringe moves. Yeah. Like you know, moving out a Dickinson and a Pearson to save money. Yeah. And then and something that I keep coming back to. Well, I don't know. Maybe they'll re-sign Miller, but they'll actually move Besser. And like I, in my head, I'm like, no, it's so simple. You know, five by five for Besser. Six by six for Horvat, and and like you know, it's just so easy, but like it's not.
1: I know, and again, there there's a lot of complicated moves with the Canucks going on, like the the bester structure definitely puts a damper on a lot of things, um, and yeah, you got to think about where they see this team long term. The other factor of it is like Rutherford is old; <laughs> it's not a secret. Um, and I don't know, like, a lo- again, how long he wants to be involved with the team for and how patient he would be at really, um, again, rebuilding the team. And I don't think rebuilding now is actually the right word for the Canucks. But I will say this, um, I've said it multiple times, that if the Canucks are ever going to take a step back and be bad, I think next year is the year to do it. And that draft just looks so deep. Uh, if they could acquire multiple picks, I would be very happy. and be a very happy person if it was just like, okay, we know it's going to take us a little bit longer, but here we go. But again, you do have to think about the impact that that's going to have on those players that are still on your team. Mainly in this case, it would be Patterson, Hughes, and Demko because I think everyone else to some degree is replaceable. Yeah. Um, but you have to think about it in those terms too. So mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, again... Um, Alvin is a new GM, so it's hard to predict what he is going to do. Totally, we could talk about Beagle.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, sure.
1: (laughs) It's getting into the hockey culture thing, (laughs) like so. Basically, as everyone's heard of by now, uh, in a me nothing game between Arizona and Anaheim. Trevor Zegers earlier in the game scored a sweet Michigan goal and then later on in the game he basically poked the goalie's pad because he thought the puck was loose, it probably was loose, Uh, and then he got cross-checked in the back by Jay Beagle and Troy Terry came in to step up for him and Beagle kind of went down on him. I will say this for Jay Beagle, it is not like he is a fighter Like realistically, he's had like two fights or something in his NHL career. But I think he's basically just pissed off because he plays for a bad team and they were losing 5 nothing and just let his temper get the most of him basically. And Troy Terry is again a skill guy not a fighter and probably should have held up on him a little bit there. But I don't think it was anything like <laughs> I feel like this situation was also kind of blown out of proportion but you know. Um, I don't know if you have any strong feelings uh,
0: on it. No, not not really. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Terry kind of got in there when he, well, a little more aggressively than he should have. Yeah. And Beagle threw a few more punches probably than he, he should have. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: I think it was appropriate. I, I don't think that Beagle should have been suspended. I, I do think, again, it kind of gets into that whole talk of maybe and like solani tweeted this out right that they just they don't have any toughness left on their roster after they traded like Delore. and manson and manson and Gatslav was out we can also talk about Gatslav. um
0: <laughs> yeah but, i mean i almost think suban totally destroying wallstrom after wallstrom hit hughes was like worse yeah yeah
1: i agree i i thought it was the whole thing was kind of blown out of proportion but yeah we'll see we'll see how that anaheim team kind of grows together and if they do maybe do the whole new york model of in the summer going out and specifically acquiring some toughness because of an event that kind of got blown up like yeah. last year with tom wilson because that's kind of what i thought of yeah. immediately with it um but yeah ryan Gatslav, land we'll on this i guess is set to retire at the end of the year um he has been a very good uh, duck they won the he won the cup with them and just outside of it he's also had quite a lot of success with team canada um at various events and he's obviously been the captain of the ducks for a really long time so it will be an end of an era um do you think he's a hall of famer yeah yeah
0: i think he takes enough boxes you know thousand point club the thousand
1: point thing is the thing for me that i feel like pushes him over but he doesn't have a lot of, like, personal hardware, basically, um, but I'd say he is, um, but it's borderline.
0: Yeah. Stanley Cup, gold medals, world championship, world junior. Yeah. You know, a th- thousand <laughs> points. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, though, because, you know, he, he played through an era with the Ovechkins and the Crosbys where they basically dominated I that will type say, of I too, I
1: think Perry got the hardware for kind of for both of them yeah. in that case. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he's there but I think he's gonna have to wait wait a little bit of time for yeah. it. Yeah. And yeah, if, he's had a
0: good career and I mean there's a lot of uh, a lot of props going to him for like all he's done sticking with one team too. Yeah,
1: I, I think that is that's cool to see for sure. Um, mm-hmm. and I said to you, I was a little surprised you didn't go somewhere at this deadline, but it sounded like he was probably asked and you just said it felt kinda wrong, so Yeah. He wanted to retire a duck, he's retiring a duck. There's a quite emotional quote of Corey Perry talking about Ryan Getzlav that's going around. That's pretty cool to hear. And yeah, all the best to Getzlav Always respected him um, as a player that Canucks played against.
0: Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, other than that, league news-wise, mm-hmm. I have one quick hot take for you. Sure. That I kind of put out there in the Twitter world in case people <laughs> didn't know we do that or I do that. I <laughs> try to. I don't know how it really works um i said i was looking at the heart trophy definition yeah <laughs> player most valuable to their team and i put it out there and i'll put it out to you that two of these three players will be finalists for the heart trophy and i went with roman Yossi, johnny goudreau and kirill Kaprizov because i really try to think of those teams yeah what they would be without those players and i mean Markstrom gets a lot of love in Calgary too because he's yeah, like, got like Good nine shots
1: season
0: and Gujarat's had a lot of success yeah. this year like he's been driving that top line yeah. it's crazy and so I mean I think right now we were talking earlier you know Yossi got three more points tonight he's at 87 he's tied for 7th in the league not just defense like yeah. all players it's insane what he's doing and what would Nashville be without him and it's hard to think they would be in the playoff race at all I'd probably give all the first place votes to him but I feel confident that those three guys if they don't get into the heart conversation or as finalists like I feel like they're really underappreciated
1: I agree with you. Um, my prediction is <laughs> that it's going to be Yossi, uh, Matthews, and McDavid. Yeah, probably. And I just think that Matthews and McDavid are shoe ins and they're not going to be left off those, like most people's ballots. And yeah. I agree with you. I, I think that in Matthew's case, I think Marner does a lot of the work that gets Matthew's success. And again, like, it's two different sides to this coin, too, because scoring goals is a lot harder than, like, getting assists. Yeah. But I, I do think when you watch Toronto play, like, a lot of the play-driving actually comes from Marner, and I think he, in some ways, is underappreciated. In McDavid's case, I, I think he is superior in almost every way to Jonathan Sandel that he plays with, um, and he plays in Edmonton, where it's really just those two players, but... I would be really refreshed if those three were the three that you said i yeah. think johnny hockey I mean, actually I deserves a lot more props this season if,
0: if i'm being completely honest with myself yeah. as a hockey fan like yeah. i would more like i feel like it'd be more likely to see matthews mcdavid and Huberdeau as the finalists yeah. and i and i saw a thing about like you know the last 10 heart trophy winners and like eight of them were first in point scoring. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And there was, like, the exception of Hall when he won. Yeah. And McKinnon got screwed. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and there was one more that, like, it, you know, second in league scoring. So, like, the point totals obviously play a huge factor. And those guys are up there. Yeah. They're not the top three. Yeah. But.
1: Yeah. Uh, again. I, uh, I agree. Uh, but I do think, like, if, if Yossi gets 100 points, I think he has to, like, he has to be. Just yeah. by automatic... He has to be on the And how
0: long has it been since a Hart Trophy was a defense? Was it Pronger it was in 2000? a long time, yeah, I think so. Like, that that's, feels yeah. overdue, you yeah. know? Not saying you should give it to a defense because <laughs> it's been a long time, but yeah. when you have a year like this from a D man like that, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy what he's doing. So I would like to see some names, not McDavid or Matthews, I in agree. that conversation a little more, but, yeah. you know, I think probably we know happen. what it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like it's, as soon as you see. Matthew sit sixty, which he probably will. Yeah. Then it's gonna be like, especially here in Canada, yeah. it's gonna be like the the media's. Gonna be, can yeah. you believe he did it? Greatest Leafs <laughs> goal yeah. scorer of all time. Uh, How can he not win yeah, the Hart yeah, yeah, Trophy? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he can score. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, that that's just my hot take. I want to put out for the. Uh, I yeah,
1: like so. it. Again, I wish that I could see it being true, but I can't, unfortunately. But maybe it will. Maybe we'll one. Maybe. Uh, I'm hoping. To, I think one, maybe one. I think one for sure. Uh, maybe we'll get two, and yeah, caprizo for the wild is like. I, um, yeah, I think I've said a lot of times about how much I respect Capriza.
0: Yeah, where would they be without him? Like, you I know, mean, sure, go? like he's getting some good support from Zuccarello and yeah. stuff, but it's not like Zuccarello's no. his dry saddle. No, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. So, anyways wrap we'll it up wrap it up all right we'll get back to watching the Canucks game we probably missed a little bit and uh yeah thanks for listening to hockey talk on the rock episode number 70 Woo.